last night, primetime on what is now TNT Tuesday. It used to be Thursday, but then they got skittish with Thursday Night Football. TNT Tuesday had two coast matchups. We had the New York battle on the East Coast, and we had the two best teams record-wise in the NBA going at it on the West Coast. So naturally, both of them were somewhat exciting, but probably not classics. We're going to talk about that, those two games, as well as season reviews for each team, as well as the injuries, as there's been a ton of injury updates today, unfortunately. Welcome back to No Bucks Given, another episode. It's another week. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the official co-host of No Bucks Given, soon to be under new titleship, Nick Andre, at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. What's up, man? How are you? What is good? What is good? And let me just say that TNT Tuesdays are just so trash now. <laughs> Why? I don't. I don't know. I guess. I guess maybe because you know, as a diehard NBA, I've, I've watched an NBA since I was like really like a little preemie or whatever. Sure. And it's always been TNT Thursdays, and now all of a sudden, oh, we don't want to interfere with the NFL ratings, or oh, we don't want the NFL ratings to affect right. our viewings. Like I, I don't get that shit. Like you know what I'm saying? This has been the same. It's been the same routine for the past 20 years. That's true. Keep it going. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's like Tuesday is kind of a weird day to have TNT. Yeah, no, it definitely is different. I'm pretty sure they're changing it to um, – they're changing it back as soon as football season is over, mm-hmm. so it's not going to be the whole season. Um, right. I don't have as much, like, uh, personal history with the TNT Thursdays, so I, I think it's kind of nice because I personally do watch Thursday night football um, when I have time, when I can. So watching with um, – being able to watch Chuck and Check, which is mainly the reason half the times the games aren't always good. Last night the games were good, but you like to see. Right. Uh, I like to see Shaq and Chuck, and I like to see. I don't take their analysis for for real, but I do like to hear what they have to say and what their thoughts are. Um, so it should come back. We'll see. They were great games, but let's talk about the injuries first. There's a ton of injury news, which is really fucking uh, sucks. Good news: very recently, Evan Mobley came back and is continuing his tear still rookie of the year top for me. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you, Dre. What do you think? Oh yeah. He's definitely here for me. I, I, I saw people switching it up. Um, well, he was injured for bit, yeah. yeah. There was, there was a poll on Twitter and it was like, you know, who was, who was your top breaker right now? It was Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Cade. And then I think it was Dorte. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think it was like 79% with Scotty Barnes. And I was like, wow. People like Scotty, man. I love Scotty. Yeah, no, Scotty, Scotty's great. Scotty is definitely great, but yeah, Scotty's been better know, than Jalen so far this year. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. Jalen, Jalen, and Cade um, combined. Scotty's probably been the third best player in the draft so far, so yeah. this year at least, you know. Um, but let's cover. Speaking of the rookies, uh, Jalen Suggs, who hasn't been like. It's not fair because the top guys have been so electric. You know, even Cade, who's been a little bit more muted, is putting up numbers. Mobley's been awesome defensively. Jalen, he's been injured. He hasn't been consistent, but he's got these crazy dunks, these awesome threes. And Suggs was having a fine season. Like, he wasn't playing bad by any fucking means. You know what I mean? He was just playing good defense, passing the ball, not hitting his shots. The shot hasn't developed yet. But – Everyone treated him as a disappointment just because everyone else was saying playing so well, including his teammate, his rookie teammate, Franz Wagner, who's been fucking phenomenal, by the Franz way. Franz Wagner. Yeah. We just talked about him a week or so ago. We did the rookie report. He's fucking great. Okay. He, um, great. he has a fractured right thumb. It will not need surgery. He will be evaluated every two weeks to gauge healing as a rookie and as a team that doesn't really care about winning right now. I would expect him out for a month minimum, um, but it's not terrible. There's also Kobe White, who one of the only players who <laughs> Gordon Hayward just screamed, that's bullshit to a ref. I'm watching the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, the Hornets play the Bucks right now. It's tied with two minutes and 45 seconds left. Hayward's at the line. Um, Kobe White's got COVID. He's, you know, the, the Bulls are one of the best teams in the East and they've been not necessarily a surprise, but they've been better than expected. I think for a lot of people and Kobe's just one of those players that hasn't panned out yet. He doesn't really have a role on this new Bulls team. I haven't seen much of him, um, especially with the, the guards that they have Caruso and ball and Levine. They play so much of the minutes that Kobe hasn't been, you know, left with much of the minutes and he hasn't done much in those minutes. And unfortunately now he's going to have to deal with, 
you know, while struggling this season, now he's tested positive for COVID. I, I believe he was vaccinated, um, but it's still going to be a bit till he got out. Guys like uh, Chris Middleton just came back. He looks good in his recovery. So hopefully he doesn't react too poorly to it. Even guys like Tobias Harris, who had uh, what Doc Rivers quoted a really tough time with COVID has come back and he's looked fine so far. You know, I'm sure the fatigue will set in at some point, but um, it's probably not terrible for Kobe. I hope he can get the season on track. Moving on to more uh, bigger things, more important players. An MRI confirmed that Damian Lillard has a lower abdominal issue right now um it's considered actually i didn't see a timeline for it do you know the timeline think, at all i think they said up to 10 days so okay. it must not be too bad it's not too bad but for the portland trailblazers who are like struggling in the western conference right now 10 days could be an Owen four streak that you know gets them out of the thing although to be fully honest if they ended up with a lottery pick this year it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because that team just needs fucking talent at this point they just need talent and they could use a lottery pick they haven't had a lottery pick in forever because their team is just good enough it's 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 uh, nba purgatory i always say too good to get a good draft pick not good enough to actually do anything in the playoffs. It's the worst place to be for more than five years, which is where Portland's been. God, I, I can't talk about Portland this whole time. Let's move on. Devin Booker, we saw him last night pull his hammy. I believe he had injured his hamstring uh, earlier in a different game, and he was managing it, and he had had a setback where he kind of pulled it a little bit during the game yesterday. He's only expected to miss a few games. It's considered minor. Um, they're going to take care of him because the Suns are trying to win a fucking title. I understand it. I am worried about hamstrings, though. It's one of the, in my opinion, beyond like season ending injuries, it's the scariest one to have because you can re aggravate it so easily. You saw it with Harden last year. Harden was back for a little while. Like he had played like 20 or so games. He was in shape. Definitely was not the same in that series against Milwaukee. Yeah. And then, like, he had come back from a first hamstring injury and been back for 20 games. And then in game one, like, he played a full a full series against the, the Celtics and was fine. He was great, even. He was on a superstar, James Harden. And then the first second of Milwaukee pulls the hammy again. It's the same hamstring. It's the same injury. That really worries me. I hope Phoenix just rest him even longer than he needs, you know, that hamstring needs to get back because I, I worry about that. And then the big one, Miami has been an unsurprisingly good team in the East so far, a juggernaut defensively with offensive potential. The offense has not been phenomenal so far, but there's too many good pieces for it not to be figured out by Eric Spolstra at some point. Unfortunately for the next four to six weeks, they're not going to have what a lot of people consider to be their best player. Jimmy Butler is probably their best player, but a lot of people do think that Bam is the best player on the heat. I don't necessarily disagree. It's one, a one B at worst to me, but he's their defensive center. He's a monster. He accounts for a lot of their offense because their guys don't score. So when a guy puts up, you know, 18 points like Bam does, it's kind of a lot for that team. He's out four to six weeks with thumb surgery. He, uh, I believe, ruptured his UCL in his thumb, which is not the most, um, I don't know. It's not season ending, obviously, but that's a month minimum, four weeks minimum, four to six weeks. And that's if there's no setbacks. Okay. And they really can't. Uh, afford to lose him Dwayne Dedman is a fantastic backup center the 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 fact that he was out of the league for a year without someone picking him up really pissed me off although this is the same league that refused to uh pick up Gorgie Deng when he was available for a veterans minimum deal they never do well four to six weeks a month minimum we'll see Dwayne Dedman is a good player uh in Atlanta and then in Sacramento as well. And then for the Spurs, he's been everywhere and they just, he's great. The thing is, he's ancient. He's actually old. Like you cannot play him starters minutes. You can't play him more than 20 minutes. And that's pushing it for him, I think. Beyond that, they got, uh, I think, some uh, backup that they draft as a second rounder. I don't know him. And they can play Keith, but Keith has still hasn't come back since the hit from Jokic, which people haven't really talked about. That guy seems like he actually got fucking hurt. Uh, 
from Jokic. Wait, hold on. Bucks are up with Bucks are up one point with 13 seconds left, and they're not fouling. Charlotte just isn't fouling. Eight seconds left. They're letting Charlotte just hack dudes for steals. So we call the foul or we call the timeout. The, t- the game's been very physical the whole time. Anyways, um, so they're gonna need it. And the thing is, the one, you know, one of the guys they probably would have turned to immediately, a heat culture guy, like they like to say, is would have been Boogie Cousins. <laughs> and um, they probably would have signed him for this. And unfortunately, he's busy doing uh, cool stuff in Milwaukee. Great debut. We'll talk about that later. Four or six weeks out for Bam. How does this affect the heat? Dre, give me your thoughts. Um, considering the timetable, I'm just hoping, well, I don't know. I mean, depending on Miami's schedule, I think they should be fine because at the end of the day, I mean, even though you are missing that big defensive presence in the middle and in the versatility that, uh, that Ben brings to the table, you still have, you know, rough riders like Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if you want to run some small ball and have PJ at the five, you could possibly do it worked that. in Houston It worked in Houston. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it definitely worked. <laughs> Excuse me, but um, you know, four to six, four to six weeks, you know, obviously is not too bad. I mean, when I when I first initially heard the news, I thought it was I thought it was gonna be a lot longer. I yeah. thought it was gonna be a me too, day. me too. I was really worried. So, you know, for four to six weeks, you know, I, I think I think Miami should be fine. Yeah, uh, I, I think so as well. Suppose a smart coach. Uh they've got long guys, if not big guys, you know. They've still got um yeah, like you said, PJ. I just completely then, blanked on their roster. I think you mentioned uh, Dwayne Dedman as well, who's um, been a great uh, backup center oh, right yeah. behind um, Bam. So Miami's got some good got some good guys that can uh, step up within um, within the time span that Bam will be out. Yeah, I guess if you start PJ at center against smaller teams, teams like the Hornets, just you know because they're on my mind, and then you bring Dedman off the bench in his usual role just for a few more minutes a game. That probably works. I guess I'm worried about tiring out your older guys, though. Um, you probably need a big, like a good seed in the East this year to make it out if you don't have a top five guy like the Bucks or the Nets. So they probably really want that one seed, just like Philly really wanted that one seed last year. One second. LaMelo for three to tie the game. He hit it. Five seconds left. That means I think we're going to see Chris Middleton hit a game winner here. Just think. That's my man. That's my guy right there. That's my fucking guy. I, 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 we've seen Giannis buzzer beaters to both to both. God, I just lost it. <laughs> lost before. Fuck it. Give it to Boogie. I don't give a shit. He wasn't on the floor. They're not going to put him back out there. If it goes to OT though, they might, I think they could use him. Let's see here. It's a yeah. good replay. He just pulls from deep. I don't know how many threes LaMelo has, should, but it's at least seven. Shall we, um, shall we also discuss LeBron's safety protocols as well? Oh yeah. I mean, he, he tested positive. Um, it was and, weird. Like I saw a report that like the first, the first test was positive. The second test was negative. And then the, I, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think they took a third test. Well, I can't remember, but yeah, the third one was positive. Yeah. Okay. And that happens all the fucking time. Like mis tests happen all the fucking time. False positive and false negatives happen all the fucking time. It's just that the shit's not perfect. We can't expect it to be perfect, but it's pretty damn good at doing what it's supposed to do. I, I guess I understand if I'm LeBron, if I was, you know, the most important player in basketball, don't get it wrong. He's not playing as well as he usually is. He's not like the best player in the game right now, but he is the most important player in basketball. He's the That's most important fact. player to the NBA. Um, I guess I would probably feel paranoid too if that type of shit happened to me, to be honest. I, I don't know. I mean, shit happened like that to Jordan and, you know, LeBron wants to be like Jordan. So, you know, he's like, somebody gave me COVID or someone's giving me false tests. But anyways, yeah, it's a bad look, I think, on that. But whoop, here we go. Game winner from Giannis. He just hit it. Two seconds left. Giannis go. just goes to the whole way. Here we go. Game winner from Bridges. Whoa, it's in and out. Wow, that was half court and it goes in and out. Holy shit. I thought he was going to hit that. Whew. So Giannis gets the game winner. He can be a closer too sometimes, baby. Damn, that was sick. All right, I'm going to turn this off so I'm not distracted anymore. Sorry, guys. What was it, like a drive, like to the basket or? A drive to the basket, just laid it in, easy peasy. It's the it's the Hornets. You can do that against the Hornets, just like DeAndre Ayton was doing it to the Golden State Warriors yesterday because the Warriors, like the Hornets, have very little size beyond Draymond Green, who, despite height, is a, you know, he's like superstar P.J. Tucker. He can play the five. It's not an issue. 
But Aiton is a seven foot Bahama beast. Big ass motherfucker. Okay. And if he plays engaged like he did last night, like he did for pretty much all of the playoffs last year, even in the finals, even when, you know, Giannis was busting his ass on the, on, on defense, but Aiden was still a factor in those games. When he plays like that, he's going to take over a game. I was listening to a ringer pod. I don't know the name. I, I just clicked whichever one was most recent. And they said that Aiden was the best player on the floor yesterday. And I don't actually disagree because Steph should hit the bed. Can you talk about Steph shitting the bed? I know he didn't choke or anything. It's just a bad night. But can you talk about it? that game first? Yeah, yeah. I just figured, fuck it. We can talk about the game that actually ended with a, with a, with a close you know, finish. It was close until the end, but they still – everyone knew Phoenix was winning with like two minutes left, you know? Yeah, so obviously everyone knows um... – Mikel Bridges was the defensive MVP of last night yeah. as he played oh, yeah. an exceptional job on Steph Curry, really just, you know, yep. forcing yep. him to elevate, not get him, getting him out of his comfort zone. And, you know, even, even though Jordan Poole was able to um, carry the load for the most part, you know, when Steph is not being able to be engaged or like be a factor in any way of the game, because, uh, because, he, because like, here's the important thing about it is that Steph has had bad shooting games earlier this year, but when he's still able to impact the game, you know, as a playmaker and everything, that's what still right. made a lot allows Golden State to be effective. The fact that Steph was just taken out of this complete game just really uh, – I, I think it just really changed everything for um, for the Warriors. And then, and then, of course, you know, Devin Booker going out. I don't know I don't know what happened with Phoenix. Phoenix just got, like, a new, like, identity, like, you know, once yeah. Booker went out in the second quarter. So, with, Steph, with Steph's not being effective in the game, you know, I, I, think, I think it just throws everyone else off. So, you know – we kept the game close for the most part, but we just, we just couldn't really figure out like an actual run to actually get into to, like to really climb back into the game. So you know you you definitely got to give um, give credit to Phoenix defensively, and then of course on offense, you know Mikael Bridges did it. Well, actually no, I think Mikael Bridges only had like two or three points, if I'm not mistaken. So, he had two points. Yeah, so the, the so the majority of his game was really just you know locking up stuff on the defensive end. So definitely kudos to him. And then of course you know you got Chris Paul doing his thing. Um, Aiden had a double double. Cam Johnson Aiden. had a good. Aiden blocked a, a step back Curry three. I've never seen yeah, anyone yeah. do that in my fucking. I haven't seen Giannis do that shit, man. It's insane, man. But you know, luckily Friday night this will be a rematch between the two teams. I'm hoping yeah. that I'm, I'm hoping that Golden State will show up like a, at least like with a better fight this year yeah. in the matchup. This is a, this was a good game. It was not a great game. It was not a classic by any means. It was a good game with a few moments and the Suns ended up winning 104-96 by eight. They are now tied record-wise 18-3 and and I believe the next game that they play will determine who is first in the Western Conference. A game that is actually somehow more important than the last one that was best team in the West versus a team on a 17-win game win streak. Pretty cool. Let's talk about both teams real quick on the seasons they're having, and let's move on to Knicks and Nets. Golden State, you have watched more of them than I have, so I want to hear your stuff. Mainly, Steph is obviously going MVP mode again. He's going to be top three in voting again. I don't know if he'll win it. Jordan Poole, I want to hear about first, because he's playing this... I don't even fucking know. It's like a, It's like a Jordan Clarkson mixed with a Duncan Robinson type role that he's playing for the Warriors right now. Honestly, I I was seeing people call him like a baby step. Now I I think that might be reaching a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if you watch Jordan Poole last year, like, you know, especially like, you know, down down the stretch of last season that you saw that, you know, that he could be something special. And, you know, so, so him coming into this year, you know, having the season that he has is is not a surprise to many like myself, but I think the one thing that I am concerned about with him is once Clay does come back, I'm just I'm just hoping that he can still remain effective. So I don't know what type of lineup that Steve Kerr is gonna is gonna put together. Maybe maybe um, start Jordan Poole at the two and at the two and put um, put Clay at the three, and then that'll slide Wiggins to the bench, or just have Jordan Poole be the six man, which I mean, which I'll be perfectly fine with. But right. I'm just hoping that once Clay comes back. You know, um, Jordan Poole just doesn't lose his composure and doesn't it doesn't lose the momentum that he's built because I mean he's he's played phenomenal this year, shooting around around the high thirties from uh, from three point range. So 
just 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 him being that second man right next to Steph is really like one of the biggest one of the biggest keys to this uh, this season. Yeah, dude, it's um, <laughs> it's cool. I think if Clay comes back, you 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 put Pool at the at the the bench, and the original concern with that would be you're giving him the ball too much because in the starting lineup, Steph handles the ball, Dre handles the ball. They'll even give some ISO opportunities to Wiggins. The Pool is a catch and shoot guy, or if he does get the ball, it's one two moves gets to the hip to gets to the rim, and he's great at it. That's not a knock on his game at all. Hell, it's kind of Clay's game if we're keeping it real. But so that the is bench. the thing, though. So that's so, so, so honestly, like, you know, with you mentioning that, I think that's something that, you know, I kind of wanted to experiment. So when Poole does come in with the second unit, is there a way that you can keep a guy like Draymond in the game as well to be that point forward, to be that playmaker, that ball handler? I actually or, don't think you need to. I think you just use Iggy. Just use Iggy? Okay. I'm not mad at use that. Iggy. Because I mean, even um, even Gary Payton Jr. is kind of a, is kind of a ball handler too, but that's not necessarily his game. He's great too, by the way. He oh, was on yeah. the Bucks like five years ago, and he was dog shit. He was not an NBA player at that. That's the time. thing. Like a, a lot, a lot of people believe he's a rookie, and it's like, no, he's actually been in the league for a few years. He was a just hot in second last year. Yeah, yeah he I was think, actually. I think, no, I think he played for the Wizards. I think he played for the Lakers. He said the Bucks. I think there's someone else, but I can't remember. Bucks was one of the first teams. The only reason he was on the team is because Jason Kidd's best friends with Gary Payton. So he did it as a favor to Gary Payton to have his kid on the team. Um, And he was just, he was just, wasn't good. The defense was there. The defense you see now was there, but he was Andre Robinson on offense. Like he was unusable on offense. And now he actually has some fucking, I mean, he can handle the ball. He can do that five years ago. So it's really cool to see him succeed. Um, and for a team like the Warriors, a, a team, a smart team recognizing a smart player when other teams didn't recognize a smart player. That, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, do you have any last thoughts on the Warriors before we move on to the Suns? Um, another another factor that I must, you know, give credit to is that the, the entire team is just really bought in on defense. And I mean, yeah. That's a stretch right there, considering that, you know, Steph is not necessarily known for his defense. I mean, the only two guys on, or probably three guys that are really, like, known for the defense on the team is Draymond, GP2, um, Iggy, Iggy. even though he's he's older now. And then then someone, Andrew Wiggins. So, for this entire team to be bought in defensively and just, you know, having the type of season that they're they're having, I want to say that I, I I don't have the exact stats in in front of me, but I do want to say that they are top 10 in defense. I'm not 100% sure. Don't count me on that, but the Warriors are definitely up there as far as, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the league. I agree. It's cool to see. The one thing they need is not even, like, size. They just need a rim protector. Um, I always make fantasies in my fucking head of who to get, and everyone always goes to Christian Wood. Get yourself another scorer, and he's not a bad defender and a great rebounder too, but fuck it. Send Wiseman and a pick and one of the two. Uh, send Moody if you don't want to send Kuminga. I like Kuminga personally. For fucking Rashawn Holmes, get yourself a rim runner and a defender and a rebounder and a smart player that – Golden State could utilize like crazy. I don't know. That's who I would love to see. Right. Uh, and also, just, than... just FYI, um, Golden State and Phoenix are tied for first. So, oh, in defense. Yeah. In defense. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to the other side. Phoenix, whose defense we saw on massive display yesterday. They've been, what else can I say? What is it? It's 17 straight right now, which mm-hmm. ties the franchise record. They're not going to have Devin Booker for the next couple of games. Uh, their next game is actually against Detroit, not Golden State. So, um, I believe. And if they lose to Detroit, that sucks because they don't have Devin Booker. I think they're yeah. good enough. They're not losing to Detroit. Yeah, they're a well-built team. You can start Landry Shamit as a Diet Coke, Devin Booker, pretty easily. I'll admit I was not a believer in the Landry Shamit trade nor the extension but like a lot of people doubted the Grayson Allen trade and extension, 
everyone was proven wrong because he looks good. He doesn't look incredible, but he looks good. He's hitting his shots. He's trying on defense. Monty Williams that's really all, believes in him. Honestly, like, that's all he needs to be is just, you know, a chemistry guy, especially when you're playing in a lineup with guys like Booker. But he wasn't doing that. Like, he couldn't that's do true. it in Brooklyn. He couldn't stay on the floor in the playoffs in Brooklyn. And now he's now he's a, a main factor of a team that's won 17 straight. He couldn't do it in the Clippers either. He got, like, five minutes a game with the Clippers. I don't know what Monty has done or what the scheme has done or if Landry has bought in, worked on his game a lot more, but it's clicked. And I think it might get better. He's still a young player. It might, it might, it might be a combination of all of that. Cause I mean, I remember with the Clippers, he, he, he did, he did get some, like, he did get some big time, you know, some big time shots, uh, big time. Yeah. 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 But I agree, like, you know, with the Nets, it just, I, I just don't know, maybe, it, may, may, I don't know, maybe maybe his confidence just wasn't there. Like, that's all he I can in, really he say. He was in fucking Philly, too, right? He was drafted by Philly, right? But he couldn't he couldn't get minutes for these guys, so there's something different that's happening with it. It's so interesting. Um, they've got JaVale off the bench, but I still think they need a different big guy back there in the playoffs. Maybe you don't need as many minutes with Aiton. Or they need the four upgrade. Jay Crowder is good. But if Jay Crowder was your backup power forward, he would be the best backup power forward in the league. So if you can upgrade that position, you need to, I think. You need that, uh, like another defensive stopper that you could play at the same time to replace Mikhail, who is going to be a legit maybe not DPOI guy because the wings just don't get as much recognition beyond Kawhi, but Mm -hmm. all defense consideration for sure already at this point. And Crowder who plays great. They, it, we already saw today. There's a comment from Thaddeus young talking about how he's frustrated that he's not playing in San Antonio, which is actually honestly very surprising. I know they're playing the young guys because they have to, and they want to. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily surprised by that. For some reason I'm not. I just think I'm just surprised because Thad was so good last year. Oh, yeah. In, uh, in, in Chicago, he was really good. Right. So my thing is, if you're San Antonio, you're not going to use the guy. Fucking trade him in the offseason then and get like a, a couple picks for him. You probably could have, you know? So strange. I really don't understand. If they waive him, I, I will never understand the move, especially because he's the best player you got in the DeMar deal. You got like a pick and Thaddeus Young. It's fucking crazy, man. Oh. <sighs> If they get that young, I'll make them title favorites. I don't give a shit. Um, they're my finals. They're my Western Conference finals picks right now. I don't see the Lakers getting it together. If Kawhi comes back, I don't see it coming. I don't see the Clippers doing it. Lakers fans, please don't kill us. Yeah, I'm fully out on the Nuggets, man. I feel so bad, but it's closed. It's speaking it's, of, it's, yeah. it's so tough though. With oh my god, like. There, there was an injury bug that's floating around in the city of Col- or more so, or yeah, the city of Denver. Just it's, it's just it's just getting so bad. Yeah. PJ Dozier went down with his uh, torn ACL. Obviously, Jamal Murray's still out. The and Broncos now, always like, deal with injuries too, man. That's true. That's true. And now Michael Porter Jr. is now out for the season with a uh, with a back um, back injury. Which you never know if they're gonna recover, man. I I'm out. It sucks on too because like. Nuggets. MPJ's had a, had a has had a history of injuries, so I'm I'm, yeah. I'm just hoping that this one just doesn't like affect him long term. Like you know, it's his forward. third back surgery. It's probably gonna have an issue. It yeah. really sucks, but we'll see. We've seen guys with back injuries come back in in recent years. Like uh, Dwight's had a longer career. LeBron even had back injuries when he was or back issues in Miami when he was at his top weight. Uh, full of muscle, not to call him out of shape or anything. Not that anyone gives a shit. <laughs> but those are the teams right now. They're my Western Conference finalist picks. Of course, it's very early in the season. And like we saw with Denver and with even Devin Booker, injuries can change a team's outlook for a long time. So let's move on to the other game. The first, the earlier game of the evening between the East Coast, New York, rivals quote-unquote rivals even though Brooklyn doesn't have any fans so the only rivalry is I guess with the players which I guess is fine so the next and the Brooklyn next has some fans like it's yes, weird, like some Brooklyn, fans. Brooklyn has some fans but they they just always get overshadowed by the Knicks because so everyone's like diehard Knicks I don't think they even have clipper level of fans really yeah 
I go to Clipper games. I go to Clipper games. They're not full by any fucking means, but they got like the bowl full. It's a lot of Clipper jerseys. I've never seen. I haven't seen a Brooklyn jersey at a Brooklyn game, let alone at an away game. Like nobody wears Brooklyn jerseys, man. You know what's fucking bad though? Like if you have to like be in a safe city or safe state and like your team is winning and the other team is so trash, but people still care about the trash. Yeah. Team. Yeah. That's how that's how I've been for like the last like eight years. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the, the, the Nets have been good, like even before KD and everything. And, and then the Knicks have just, you know, been trash, but everyone still wants to know like what the Knicks are going to do. Same thing with the Lakers. Like when, when the Lakers, like, like right before they got LeBron, like they were trash. And the Clippers were actually pretty good when they had CP3 and those guys. And people only still cared about the Lakers. Yeah, it's, it's what happens. People don't give a shit about the Clippers, man. Like, like the like Laker fans clown Clippers fans for the bubble collapse, like the three and one. Los Angeles as a city did not give a shit. I'm telling you right here, right now. Like, the people did not give a shit. They're like, oh, they were in the playoffs. Good, that's nice for them. And then the fucking Lakers won the title anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. This game was closer. Knicks Nets. The Knicks have. They've stabilized. I wouldn't say they've collapsed by any means, but they have stabilized after a quick start to the season. Are now eleven and ten. The Nets are fifteen and six, first in the East. They're people talk about their struggles, and it does look like they have struggled. And they have a serious lack of depth and talent on the roster beyond Harden and KD. But they're still first in the East, baby. Like they don't have to fucking worry about it right now. Although it doesn't look like Irie's coming any back, coming back any fucking time soon. Two point game. Nets won 112-110. KD with the go-ahead bucket because he's Kevin Durant. He's always done that. He's done that forever. He did it in the Bucks series multiple times. Tried to end it, almost did. Foot in the line. Zero points in overtime, though. No one ever talks about that. Next had a great game. I think for them, 110 points, they're not doing that as often. RJ Barrett played eight minutes. Is he hurt? I I honestly didn't watch the game, but yeah. I'm going to assume that he did get hurt. I haven't heard any reports or anything, but I would assume. Or it could be just, you know, Tom Thibodeau's just, you know, changing up that rotation once again, which we mean, yeah. we'll, we'll, get into it. we'll definitely get into later. Yeah, it's illness. He's okay. He's not like, yeah, he's he's not like great, but he's not hurt or anything. He plays eight minutes. Fournier plays 22 minutes, has his first decent Knicks game in a while. Dude has been like garbage since the first week for them. A lot of, it's a big story of Fournier's career is that he's never been really consistent. Although when he's on fire, he's on fire. It's really cool. Mitchell starts the game at 35, 25 minutes. She's still got limited minutes because he's been hurt again. Um, plays decently. The foul at the end uh, ends the game. Free throws for James Harden. And people were mad that it was James Harden free throws to end the game. He fucking hacked him. It was a stupid fucking move. You, you go up verticality. They said on the broadcast, you go up. They're never going to call it if you go up straight. At the end of the game, they'll never call that. You swipe down and you hack the guy. They're going to call 100% of the time. It's a bad decision by a young player. Not like ruining careers or anything. It's just dumb, and people shouldn't complain about the foul. Alec Burks played 39 minutes. Why did he play 39 minutes, Dre? Because he is officially the Knicks' starting point guard. And who is no longer the Knicks' starting point guard, Dre? Cardia Kimba, Kimba Walker, which still does not – well. The Kemba thing d- does make sense to me, but the Alec Burks part doesn't make sense to me. Right. So I believe, I like, I believe Tom, it's Tom, the – no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what I, what I was going to say is that Tom Thibodeau was always experimenting new things. In my opinion, I would have went with Quigley – or Quickly, not not Quigley, Quickly, only because, you know, he has shown it, you know, just, just continue to improve as an overall point guard playmaker. And then on top of that, he is giving you some great defense as well. Not saying that Alec Burst should not be in the starting lineup just because, I mean, Alec Burst is a tremendous knockdown shooter. Oh, yeah. But Alec Burst is not also known to be an initiator on offense. Right. So. Yeah. Burks is replacing Kemba Walker, who's not in the rotation. We imagine he'll be traded and or cut at some point. Sucks. 
returned to New York too late, I think. It would have been cool if he had gone there instead of Boston right away, even though New York was still dog shit at the time. But he could have been the the Hornets Kemba for a couple of years for the Knicks, just like, you know, and they you know, always do that. Crazy. You know what's so crazy is that, um, you know, people were mad at Michael Jordan for not giving Kemba an extension, but now he was right. Well, yeah. people were worried about his knee that season, and Jordan was probably – that was probably the reason. It's probably yeah. the reason, you know, he was probably avoiding to look like Denver, giving a guy with back issues five years, almost $200 million, you know. Um, I actually agree in terms of actual point guard play. He can play – he can initiate. He can score. He did play 37 minutes in this game, so he was on the floor a lot. I think Burks is just an extension of – uh Tibbs' obsession with Alfred Payton. Burks is a defender. He's kind of a pit bull like Alfred Payton is. Difference is he actually has a shot. So honestly, for last year's uh Knicks without Kemba, he probably would like if Kemba was never traded, he probably would have started Burks this whole season. I'm not joking. And he played 39 minutes. You know how many shots Alec Burks took as the starting point guard for the New York Knicks? How many? I didn't even 21 see. shots. <laughs> like a goddamn all-star. He's taken 21 shots. Hit nine of them. 42% is not terrible. You know, it's not awesome. Four for 10 from three is actually really fucking good. He ends up with 25 points, five rebounds, five assists, and two steals. He actually played really fucking well. He's probably going to start for the rest of the season. The issue is, is that he's playing 39 minutes in a Thibodeau offense, which means he's doing a lot of work. And the man is 30 years old. He's going to ruin his legs. He's going to ruin his legs. Kemba was never going to work on a Thibodeau team. It was never going to work. That's that's the thing as well that I didn't get when, when he first signed or when he, when he first got traded to New York is because Tom Thibodeau is more defensive oriented than he is offense. Kemba is a phenomenal volume shooter, but he brings absolutely nothing defensively, which – on a Tom Thibodeau team, you have to at least show some effort. And when you don't, yeah. you're going to get pissed just like what he is now. I think it was just a New York thing. And I, I respect it, you know. Like, Cardiac right. Kemba from New York hit the game-winning shot in MSG for the, for, the, for the Natty. It made too much sense. And I think Tibbs knew that. And Tibbs, right. to his credit, he's never really done this before. He didn't do it in Chicago, at least. He's kind of uh, – Not that I know of Minnesota either. Yeah, he's not like fully New York, but he does respect the city and the organization a fuck ton more than he respected the Bulls or the Timberwolves, you know? He, it, it's interesting to see. He, it, it's kind of growth from the man. Um, Julius so, Randle. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I wanted to ask, is there a chance that Kimba can somehow find minutes back in this rotation? Maybe not be a starter, but, you know, possibly, you know, find his way as a role player off the bench. It would take injuries because the best thing that Kemba could do right now is be like an Isaiah Thomas, Jordan Clarkson, Lou Williams guy off the bench. And the Knicks have two guys that are significantly better at him that do that exact thing, exact same thing. Derek Rose is very good at uh, scoring off the bench. So is Emmanuel quickly there. And so both of them or one of them would have to get injured to consider Kemba because it's not like they're missing that in their offense or in their team right now. Kemba, even if he could provide it at a decent level, there's guys already doing that at a better level. So I don't think he's going to find it without injuries on the Knicks. I could see him being moved somewhere, whether it's trade or waived. If he got waived, a contender would pick him up. A contender would pick him up if he got waived. It would depend on fit, though. Honestly, I'm not sure. I don't think the Bucs would do it because of their commitment to defense. The Clippers wouldn't do it because they've already got several guards that are kind of undersized. They don't want to add Kemba into that mix. I could see Philly, though, and I think Philly Philly would do it. And Philly is probably the only place it could work. I could see that considering, you know, we still have no idea what's going on with this whole Ben Simmons thing in Philly. I'm, I'm, right. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure people have actually forgot about it. I actually did until you mentioned Philly. To be honest with you, yeah, but, it's fair. I mean, they're playing well-ish. You know, right. um, it's either them or I could see Denver with all the backcourt injuries to try yeah, to see if he's 
any kind of, you know, Diet Coke, Jamal Murray in, in that offense. Nikola Jokic makes, I mean, he makes Papu Campazzo. And as an Argentinian, personally, I do like the Argentinian players in the league. I like Faku, but the dude shouldn't be on an NBA roster. He's got feisty defense, but he just shouldn't be. Like, he's not TJ McConnell. People think he's TJ McConnell. He's not. Uh, but Nikola Jokic makes him an NBA player. He, he elevates everyone that's on the floor. Every guard I'll he's ever played forget. with plays great. I will never forget last year when Capazzo, like, first got to the team. You know, Denver, I, I can't remember exactly who Denver was playing, but they got a turnover, and then they had Jokic running the break. And then Campaza was the trailer. It was like the craziest thing I've seen ever in my life. <laughs> they even realized, you know what? This is this is today's NBA. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Today's NBA, like because back 50 years from now, that would have never happened. Or 50 years I ago. Always, I always think about how different, like how how much different basketball is being played in the league. Denver's got the big man doing things that no one's ever seen. He's moving around. Milwaukee's got their entire thing revolved around Giannis. You know, there are teams like Dallas that doesn't let anyone touch the ball but Luka, but it works. It works around, just like Atlanta with Trey. And there's old school teams like the Phoenix Suns that are playing it the regular way. Teams like Golden State who rely on strictly uh, basketball IQ, smart passes, crisp passes, open shots, get the open shot. And then it just seems like the Sacramento Kings are just fucking dog shit. But people always think of, I feel like people don't have like the parity with basketball in the sense that, you know, it's just two good basketball team players, uh, two good basketball teams playing each other. But there's so many different teams. There's so much different basketball being played that when these teams meet, one of them has to figure out how to play. Either you change your system to match them or your system is more exposing of theirs than yours is otherwise they're going to get blown out and a lot of these teams do get blown out because they have no idea what the fuck to do especially against teams like the suns who are run like a well-oiled machine or the golden state warriors who run like a wild animal that's calculated but also random as shit it's crazy sorry i'm just gushing about the nba right now sign me give me a sponsorship or something for christ's sake i think that's uh let's move on to the nets Joe Harris, injury news, out for a bit. He's been struggling. He hasn't been the same player since the playoffs. I don't know what's going on with Joe. I think it might just be the team, to be honest. Uh, he fits better on a traditional team, not as just a catch-and-shoot guy from two superstars. I don't think he fits the mold, even though his game should translate to that. I think he's a bit more of a – he's not a Sean McDermott, you know. He's a bit more of a scorer. I think he wants to so... be, at least. I want to ask this. Is it safe to say that Harden is possibly officially back after that 34, 10 and eight performance? I don't think he was ever really gone. I think even without the rule changes, dudes that have to rehab the whole season always start slow anyways. If they don't come into the season, like doing it, like he didn't participate a lot in training camp because he was injured too, you know? So no, I don't think – I mean, it's not surprising to me. I think it was always going to work out, and the free throws was always going to work out. Three for eight, though, from the free throw line is fucking weird from That's James Harden. Insane. Not a huge fan of that. Um, but, no, he was always going to be back. The question is the health and also if it happens in the playoffs. I don't think he's as much of a choker as people say in the playoffs, but he certainly hasn't been a playoff hero in his no, career. No, he has not. Right? And so – We'll see if it'll come because it's a long season. Brooklyn found out in a really shitty way that it's a long season and they're three stars. So they relied on so much and had a lot of minutes on them, even though they rested them a lot when they play, they had a lot of minutes. I mean, Katie's playing 40 minutes a game. He really fucking shouldn't be. He really fucking shouldn't be. And Harden's playing 40, 39 minutes, you know? Steve Nash is going to run him to the ground like uh, Tom Thibodeau did with those other – Yeah, the two New York teams destined to fall apart in the playoffs because they're fucking running the teams to the ground. LaMarcus Aldridge, who retired – shockingly retired last season because of a potential heart issue, played 32 minutes last night. <laughs> also, it's so funny that Blake Griffin's out of the rotation. Isn't that fucking hilarious? All these Detroit fans and all these NBA people saying the buyout market's not fair. These guys can get superstars for free. These contenders. Now Blake Griffin's not in the rotation. What do you say now? 
What are you saying now? Okay, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Blake Griffin was cooked and he had a couple of moments of shine because he was on a team with three superstars. Three superstars. All right. Paul Millsap looks cooked though. Holy shit, dude. That sucks. I don't really understand Paul Millsap's fit with this team, but that's just my opinion. They're just collecting wings. The thing is, what they're saying is we've got three guys, two right now, but assuming three at some point, that play a whole lot of offense and are some of the best offensive players in the league and we got like zero defense so we're going to get as many quote-unquote defensive wings that we can get you guys wave james johnson we're going to sign james johnson you're not going to re-sign paul Millsap. we'll sign paul Millsap. you guys didn't re-sign deandre bembry because he hasn't been in a rotation in two years we're going to take Bembry. we're going to play him 30 minutes and he's going to play he's going to play decent for us he's going to play like bruce brown even though they're not playing bruce brown so they're just collecting those guys. Is the team actually even have like a true lineup? Like we we don't know who is in the rotation because yeah. one week they will be, the next week they won't be, and then, right. and then out of nowhere, it's like and then, and then out of nowhere, like two or three weeks from now, we'll see. We'll just we'll just see a random guy just you know walking into yeah. the lineup. But the, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, like the one thing that I will say is that I am I'm actually happy that Cam Thomas is finally getting minutes. I feel like you know he can bring this that that scorer's mentality to this team. Yeah. And then also I'm, I must give my credit to uh, DeAndre Bembry because he's been he's been he's been pretty decent defensively. He's been solid, man. It's, it's cool to see, but beyond those dudes, they don't have like good players. Like all these guys are B minus players. They're fine. They're average or barely above average. All of those guys are beyond Patty. We love Patty. He had a bad game though. Two for 10 from three. Patty is a solid player, but he doesn't, he doesn't add, you know, he just adds three point shooting, which he's is basically going to make... like a Joe Harris 2.0. If you ask me. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a, uh, he adds a whole lot of scoring and three point shooting to a team. That's got a whole lot of scoring and three point shooting. And that's fine. The rich get richer and they get even better, but the defense isn't there and they're going to have to add some guys, man, in a seven game series. Cause it's going to go seven with this personnel. It's just not going to be able to happen. It's not going to be able to happen, especially without Kyrie. If Kyrie comes back, things are different because it's an offensive team like we've never, ever seen before. That's but right. with this team in a seven-game series, not even, I, I'm not even talking about the Bucks. Like, I would be not scared, but I would be worried about facing the Heat if I were these Nets in a oh, seven-game yeah, series. Tough question. Uh, Miami, yeah, be careful. Milwaukee's pretty good, pretty good defensively, like – Philly, if you don't have a big man, Philly is going to, at worst, throw and beat at you every single game. Oh, yeah. Honestly, nobody on the Nets can defend and beat down in the post. Very few people can, to be fair. Okay. But they have zero – like, they have zero people that can even try. Their best defensive center is um, Nicholas Claxton, and the dude is very thin. He needs a few years to fill out his body, you know? And he's not Mitchell Robinson where he's thin, but he's still a fantastic defender. Nicholas Thaxon is a good defender that hopefully will become elite at some point. You can't trust Aldridge. You can't trust Millsap. No. Not defensively, at least. No. Aldridge is pissing mid-rangers like it's 2018 right now. But, no, I you can't trust him defensively. You can't it's trust anything defensively. It's the same thing as San Antonio. It's the same thing as San Antonio last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's worrisome. Um, I'm worried about Brooklyn, personally. I don't have to apologize to Brooklyn fans because – there aren't any again, but I think it'll be okay just because you know at the end of the day, I mean, when when, you, when your team has James Harden and Kevin Durant, I mean, at true, the end of the day, true, true. What I was saying was, you know, with 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 the Brooklyn Nets having two guys like um, James Harden and Kevin Durant, yeah. you're gonna find a way to win games. It's just, but then again, it's like you know, going down to the playoffs when the game actually slows down, there will be some concerns defensively. Like to be fair, my criticism is that I'm not worried about them in the regular season or in the first or second round of the playoffs. I'm saying when it gets to nut busting time in the in the conference finals and the finals, when you get a seven game series with the team that teams only get to those places with either the best offense in the league, the best defense in the league, or top five of both. Okay, so you're gonna face either teams that have one of the best defenses in the league that can guard you, or one of the teams that can have top two like two of those in top five you are the best offensive team in the league that's why you got to the western conference finals or the eastern conference finals at that point you have to match it with someone else who's got that type of pedigree 
for seven games. And at that point, I'm worried about it. So, no, of course, they're still going to be an Eastern Conference finalist, in my opinion, depending on their seed, you know, if it gets wonky at that point. But, no, that's how I see it. I'm just saying when it gets to that point, I think it's going to be the difference for them. I think that's what we've got for these guys. Uh, is there anyone else that you wanted to cover? We've got a little time, I think. Hmm, let's see. Let, let's take a dive out there. Um, Houston's three and zero. Yeah, that's true. Houston has um, has picked up a few wins. I still have no idea how Charlotte blew that one, but <laughs> hey, I mean Houston. But actually, you know what? You know what? I, I, I think I think I think it's great to get onto the uh, the Houston situation because. You know, news came out. Yeah, no, they news won came tonight. Out. Oh, did they? Nice, 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 nice. Now, obviously, you know, news came out earlier this week that John Wall was looking to come back and play. That's right. But Houston says no. I don't understand it because they are practically paying him. So, you know, if you are paying the guy, you would consider, you know, if he does want to play, you know, might as well get some work out of him. But it doesn't seem like that for Houston. It's clear that they are taken. They have really just, you know, well, the, the front office has at least, you know, kind of thrown out the red flag for the season. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's crazy in Houston right now. But they do so, have four straight wins. Give credit yes. On the wall thing, I believe what, what I'm seeing um, online with Houston's Twitter, like Rockets Twitter people, it seems that the issue is not that they don't want him to come back. It's that Wall wants to start, and they don't want to do that. Also, Silas, Stephen Silas, head coach of the Rockets, did say today, uh, I saw a quote that said, they talked, he, they're trying to get him to shape in like a week or so, and I think they're going to play him. So I think they're actually going to bring him out pretty soon, okay. which is nice. We let, John Wall is – been one of the most highlight worthy players for his entire career every year that he's been in the league the ones that he's healthy of of course and while he's still in the league we'd like to see him play and houston the fit doesn't make as much sense right now as you've got jalen who has hurt himself not very major but he'll come back in a little bit but he's sitting out for a few games who if they're lucky will turn out like a john wall so maybe he can learn from him. I mean, John Wall has been mentoring him on the sidelines during the season, maybe seeing the encore pride can help. But I don't know if you start him over the guy you're, you know, you're investing the future in. And I don't know if you can start him with that guy either. I'd rather have John Wall come off the bench than DJ Augustine if I was any team in the league. But I don't know. I don't know if Wall can accept that role. What do you think about that dynamic? I think he should just because – I did see some reports saying that John Wall would believe that he would be a number one option. Now, honestly, considering that, you know, John Wall is a veteran on this, on this young roster, does he, does he actually think that this team will be better with him as a number one option? And, and I'm saying that with all due respect to Wall because I mean, John Wall is great, but at this stage in his career, there was right, no right. way to make him a number one option. So I believe yeah. you know, coming off the bench, you know, and backing up guys like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and those guys in the backcourt, I think that, I, I believe that's great for him at this stage of his career. Yeah, I think we forget. Obviously, we know that he was a star in Washington, but I think we forget he was one of the few true number one option point guards in the league mm-hmm. for however long he was. It's really hard to do that. Darren Fox is doing it, and he's one of the better ones, and his team is dog shit. John Wall was doing it for a playoff team, a pretty decently built playoff team, mind you, but he was doing it as the number one option as a point guard. Very few guys can do that in this league. And I understand his, you know, hubris in terms of wanting to retain the title of at least starter. If you were a number one, the option in the league, like Melo, you struggle with it. Of course, though, you don't start. I mean, another team might start him, a team like the 76ers or the Miami Heat. Uh, with Kyle, probably not. I was thinking of um, who was the other team that we said with Philly that needs a point guard? The Knicks. Well, actually, I could see the Knicks too. Holy shit. Uh, or Denver. Denver, Denver, I could see him starting too. Denver would be sick. Damn, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch John Wall catch hoops from Jokic all fucking day, man, if he can I still get see. up there. I would like that long term, honestly, you know, have Jamal Murray play off ball. Oh yeah, I would like that honestly because I mean I feel I feel like Murray's game is more built as like a scores type. Like I mean I'm I'm not saying that he can't be a playmaker, but that sure. isn't 
really his strength, in my opinion. He's got some creation. We've definitely seen him explode for games. We've not seen him for an entire season, for sure. We've seen him put gaudy scoring numbers, right. averaging, but it's more of a give-and-go sort of thing. I think it would work in stretches, that lineup, if you put it in, in for stretches of the thing. I don't think you can start it, at least in the playoffs. You get murdered on defense on the in the backcourt with that. And Denver – Denver already fucking gets murdered on the defense in the backcourt, man, because of the injuries, too. It's not like they got terrible. Defenders. Peter Jones is a great point, point of attack defender, and dude's always here. He just tore his ACL. That fucking sucks, man. I feel so bad. <sighs> How do we get on the topic? John Wall, Houston, do you want to talk about it? Uh, Shen Goon's fucking great, man. I'm all in on oh, Shen yeah, Goon. Definitely. Like, definitely. Shen Goon is going to be, in this redraft, a top 10 pick after this year let alone in the future. After this year, people are going to talk to me. He was, he was 16th pick. It's not that big of a stretch. Yeah, but yeah. he's going to be a top 10 pick, if not already. Dude is a monster. I can't believe two center-needing teams traded him. Boston and OKC. OKC with Shea? You can't imagine that? How fun would that shit be, man? I'm so mad. Makes me so mad. And Boston, you could have him instead of fucking freedom out there. Boston just has an abundance of issues. <laughs> Can't even you get see, into all of it. You see, Boston was cheering for Mr. Freedom when he came out with his Freedom jersey in the game today. Oh no, I, I didn't even see that. Oh my god, I, I, I can't even. I can't even get into that guy, man. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I just want oh, to yeah. point out that Boston on brand cheered the guy when he showed up at the game. Fucking Christ, man! I think we can start to wrap it up here. People don't even know that he's a basketball player. Like, how many people, like, okay, so, like, for everyone that's, I, I, I know we're not trying to really get into it, but. Oh, sure, go for it. That, for the people that don't even watch basketball, when you see this guy, you will, like, not even think, oh, shit, he's an NBA player. Because right. nobody really knows him for He doesn't really do shit on the floor. He doesn't do shit on the court. Yeah, it's not anymore. To be fair, he had a few good seasons there, and. <laughs> yeah. He used to be a walking double-double, you know? Mm-hmm. He had a good season, I think, last year in Portland, didn't he? I think it was fine. I think he had some numbers, but he wasn't very playable. God, I fucking – it never worked in Boston, though. I don't know why they resigned him. Real quick, though, we talked about who's going to step in for Miami uh, with the Bam Adebayo injury. Miami blew out the Cavs today, 118-85. And in 31 minutes, Dwayne Dedman had 11 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, a steal, and two blocks. I think you read that wrong. It was, it was Cleveland that won 111.85. Oh, they got fucking blown out. That's so funny. Yeah. Never mind. If you're listening at home, my mood is a little bit happier because they got blown out. That's hilarious. Uh, but Dwayne Dedman played great. That's like a basically a Bam out of bio stat line right there. Yep, 11 and 13. <sighs> that's about it uh we can just you know look at the scores of today if we want today we've got hawks beat the pacers by three close game magic beat the nuggets by five which is kind of surprising i know the nuggets have a lot of injuries but Jokic usually pulls it out as the top five mvp player the wizards beat the timberwolves by eight the Celtics beat the 76ers by one, 88 to 87. That one must have been a grinder. Cavs blew out the Heat. Incredible. The Bucks beat the Hornets by two. We live reacted to that one here. The Mavericks blew out the Pelicans by 32 points. Jesus. Rockets beat the Thunder by four. They're now on a 4-0 win streak. And right now, the Kings lead the Clippers by 16 in the second quarter. <laughs> This league, baby, this league. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of No Bucks Given. As always, check out at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. He's on every single episode, and he is dropping content basically every single day. You can find me at underscore Lucifer. That's Lucifer with a G instead because I'm so fucking funny. You can find me there for basketball tweets, uh, sad tweets, uh, subtweeting people that none of you will know. And as of today, I am going back to writing and I'll start posting articles again in the near future. 
I actually have to start my article with uh, Sir Charles and Charlie. It's actually due on, I think it's due on Friday, and I haven't started yet. <laughs> I'll be back on Sir Charles in Charge soon, ladies and gentlemen. You can find me for content. I want to do more stuff that makes me watch more basketball. So in the podcast, we can cover topics, but on articles, I have to write stuff that's happening now on the day. So that gets me more into watching the games every single day. That's why I'm doing it. Other stuff is coming soon. There's delays with the shit that I've been working on. I'll figure out when it's going to come out and I'll get it to you guys. I just don't have a date right now. It's really fucking disappointing, but there's something exciting coming. I just got to be patient. I do more than you guys. And the podcast is going to go through some changes as well. Me and Dre are working on some big shit coming soon. I'm thinking a target date. It's probably going to be too late for Christmas, but maybe we can announce something on Christmas for the podcast. Maybe not the logo. Though. Something, something yeah. on Christmas. I'm down yeah. for it. We can, we'll figure it out. We'll talk. We'll chat. We'll be in the chambers, but stop listening to us. You're probably on your lunch break at your loser job. Have a good night. <laughs> I edit this during my loser job. I promise you guys, don't worry about it. Have a good night. We'll catch you next week. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.